0: We've been doing a series on the kingdom. The kingdom. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, I want to, uh, as we have been doing, I want to do a uh, quick review of last week's message. So if we can put that next slide up. uh, Expanding the kingdom we talked about last week. And we asked the question, how is the kingdom of God of which the church is a part? The church is not the kingdom, remember, but it bears witness to the kingdom How is the kingdom of God, of which the church is a part, continually expanding? We said, first of all, it's expanding from an insignificant beginning to an all-encompassing dominion, Uh, like that tiny mustard seed that grows into a great tree. The the kingdom of God is growing, it's expanding, uh, until one day it will be all-encompassing. Secondly, we said the kingdom of God is expanding from an imperceptible presence to a penetrating influence. Remember we talked about the yeast and the dough and how it works its way through the dough and causes the bread to rise? And that's how the kingdom of God, we said it permeates society. It may seem imperceptible at times, but but God's kingdom is permeating and and we can be part of that permeating influence. Amen for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Uh, Well, today I want to, as I said, share with you from Ephesians chapter 1, We'll begin reading with verse number 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. "...to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ." And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word today. Uh, The title of my message today is Kingdom Identity. Kingdom Identity. Uh, I think all of us are familiar with uh, what an embassy is. A nation's embassy. uh, The United States, for example, has embassies located in many, many countries throughout the world. And uh, we have an ambassador, uh, a representative to that nation, an embassy staff, and uh, how many have ever been in a U.S. embassy overseas? Somebody, the chaplain has, some of us have. Uh, y- you know that, that embassy uh, represents our nation. Even though it's located in, within the confines of another nation, those who are there, they are he- there uh, to represent the interests of our nation. Isn't that right? They they are there to serve our nation's interests in that land. And we've been talking about the kingdom and how uh, we are part of the kingdom of God. We said God's kingdom is His kingdom rule, His kingdom authority. And we, like those who serve in an embassy in a foreign land, we are in a sense here in an embassy. We are representing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are in a foreign land. I hate to tell you, you ever have the feeling that you're just not at home in this world? That's because as a Christian, we're not. We are, the, the Bible says we are strangers. We are aliens here. Why? Because our citizenship is in another place. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? But we, we live here, we function here, on the earth. And so like uh, those uh, who uh, work in an embassy in a foreign land, we are here representing another kingdom. We said in our first message in this series that uh, our primary identity should be not our political party, not the color of our skin, or our nationality, uh, not uh, the nation that we're from, but our primary identity should be as citizens of God's kingdom. And we need to remember that. And so that's why I thought it would be uh, important this morning to talk about our kingdom identity, our kingdom identity. And uh, for the next few minutes, I want to answer the question, where uh does our kingdom identity come from? Where does our kingdom identity come from? We're going to look at that this morning. First of all, our kingdom identity comes uh, from the fact that we are chosen by the Father. We are chosen by the Father. Now, verse 3 says... Uh, that God has blessed us in uh, the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What does that mean? Well, that means that... The blessings of the kingdom, remember we said that the kingdom, all this ties together. The kingdom, the full realization of God's kingdom uh, here on earth lies in the future. But the kingdom has invaded the present by attacking Satan's kingdom and, and, and entering the hearts of those who are willing to receive it. And so uh, Paul says here that he has blessed us in, in heavenly realms. Uh, with every spiritual blessing. What does that mean? That means that the blessings of the kingdom are ours. The blessings of that other world are ours in this world. The blessings of the future are ours now. We haven't, we're not living in the full consummation of God's kingdom here on earth, but we enjoy the blessings of that kingdom here on earth. Isn't that awesome? And... The the first reason we're going to look at is because we are chosen by the Father. It says in verse 4, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world. Uh, The the, the Greek word means to select or to choose out of. And and as it's used here, it means He chose for Himself. Now it says He chose us. uh, And we we need to understand the context here. It's not saying He chose specific individuals... Uh, to be his children, to be in his kingdom. John 3.16 in my Bible still says uh, that whosoever, God uh, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. I believe that means every person on the planet is eligible to receive Christ, amen, and to, to have the blessings of the kingdom in this life and to live in God's kingdom in eternity. So when it says he chose us, it doesn't mean he chose individuals, some to be saved and some to be lost, as some uh, doctrines uh, would have you believe. But he chose to have a people. He chose that there would be a body of believers. And it says he chose us in him. Uh, Who is him? Him is Christ. He chose us in Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he chose us to be in Christ. It says before the creation of the world. Then it goes on to say, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons, through Christ Jesus in accordance with his will. Again, uh, there's sometimes misunderstanding that word predestined. Pastor Tim, does that mean he predestined some to be saved and some to be lost? Uh, No, quite the opposite. It means that he chose a future for us, for the corporate body of believers, for those who would receive him, for those who would accept him. He chose a, a destiny for them. The word translated predestined is from a participle in the Greek, literally meaning to determine beforehand. Uh, It comes from a word to mean to make a circle around. That means that God knew that you would accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and in light of that reality, He has a destiny for you. We've talked about that before. You know, we make plans, we have agendas, we think we set the course of our destiny, but the reality is, if we belong to Jesus Christ, He has a destiny for us. I think His destiny for us is far better than anything we can come up with, don't you? He chose us uh, to be in Him, and He predestined us to have a destiny. And it says, in accordance to His pleasure and will, uh, to the praise of His glorious grace. What does that mean? God took the initiative. In every, you've heard this before, you've heard me say it, and perhaps others say it. In every other religion on the planet, it's the responsibility of man to take the initiative and make his way to their supposed God. But in our Christian faith, it's just the opposite. Hallelujah. God himself, the creator of the universe, took the initiative. God came and found us. We don't have to search for him. He came and found us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah according to his good will. I'm so glad that he didn't wait for me to find him, but that he found me, aren't you, this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. We've been chosen by the Father. You know, it's a wonderful thing to be chosen. You know, you have that 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 experience, if you've ever, uh, you know, played on a pickup ball game, you know, softball or basketball or whatever it is, you know, and you have two captains and they choose sides, you know. And, okay, I'll take him, and I'll take him, I'll take her, I'll take her. And the poor guy who's the last one chosen, right? Or maybe there's an odd number and somebody's not chosen at all. That's a terrible feeling, isn't it? How awesome is it to know, Lord, you chose me. Lord, you have a destiny for me. Lord, you have a plan for my life. Uh, I love what it says in Psalm 139. uh, Every one of the days of my life, speaking to God, every one of the days of my life was ordained by you before one of them came to be. Oh, that sends a chill up my spine. Hallelujah. We are precious to God. We are chosen by the Father. We are important to Him. That's where identity comes from. That we are, we are special to Him. You know, when a couple is planning to get married... Uh, my wife and I uh, did this, and we, we uh, many of you couples here, probably all of you, you know, we, we, one of the things you talk about is, how many children are we going to have? Are we going to have children? Yes, how many children are we going to have? Well, we're going to have two. We're going to have three. We're going to, well, I came from a family of ten. We're going to have ten. Well, you better marry somebody else, because, you know. But, but y- you talk about that, right? Whatever number you settle on, and sometimes it doesn't even work out the way you plan, but, you know, you're you planning that you're going to have children. Uh, you talk about names. You you you, you discuss that you better about How many are we going to have? What are their names going to be? What if it's a boy? What if it's a girl? And then you have a couple of one gender, and somebody asks you, are "You going to try?" You, you know, I, I remember people saying, "I you know, it was innocent," but we had two girls. "You going to try for a boy?" I said, "Well, how do you do that?" <laughs> I could end up with a girls' softball team before I have a boy. But, 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 but you plan to have children. You don't know what they'll look like. You hope they'll look good. You know, you, 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 you don't know what, they're, what they'll be like exactly, do you? But you say, we're going to have children. And you, you, you have a destiny for them. You know, we're going to, boy, you know, you pray over them and when they're, when they're born and you dedicate them and you just say, uh, you know, this child belongs to the Lord and God has something special for them. I, we don't know what it is. But, 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 but we have a, a plan, we have something in mind. They're going to have an awesome destiny. Well, God did the same thing with us, except the difference is he does know what our destiny is. He does know what our future is. Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God planned to have spiritual children. He chose us. He chose us. We are special to him. Listen, any one of us can look back on our lives and look at failures. You with me on that? We can look at shortcomings. From long ago, probably because we're human. And, and I'll speak for myself, but maybe you can agree, I don't have to look back too far <laughs> to find my failures. And we can find reason. This, this, Culture, this world, this society uh, can can be brutally uh, dehumanizing, depersonalizing. We, we're you know we're a social security number. We're 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 a, you know a number for this, and we're just you know a statistic here and a statistic there. It can be very depersonalizing, dehumanizing. But to God we're special. He chose us uh, to be in Jesus Christ, and He has fashioned an eternal destiny for you and for me. Uh, don't ever let somebody tell you you're not special. Don't ever let somebody tell you you'll never amount to anything. Don't ever let somebody point their finger at you and, and tick off a list of your failures and your shortcomings. You are destined by Almighty God to be great as He counts greatness. He chose you. You are special. You are precious to Him. You matter to Him. Everything in your life matters to Him. He chose you this morning. Hallelujah. You're searching for an identity. Let that be your identity this morning. I am chosen uh, by God Almighty, God the Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our identity comes from being chosen by the Father. Secondly, where does our kingdom identity come from? It comes from being redeemed by the Son. Being redeemed by the Son. It says in verse 7, in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That's speaking of Jesus. Verse 7 picks up, in him, meaning Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In him we have redemption. What is redemption? Redemption. Redemption is the paying of a ransom to free one from slavery. Here, the price paid by Christ to free sinners from sin is what redemption is referring to. It says He redeemed us by His blood. Our redemption came about by Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. The Lamb slain as the scripture says, from the foundation of the world. I've often said this, you know, Calvary was not God's plan B. You know, well, Adam sinned and sin came into the world and, and then God had to, you know, cast about for something else. And Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll send the Son to go be... No. The scripture says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God knew that man would sin, that sin would enter the world. And from the foundation of the world, he planned to send his son to redeem us, to buy us back from the slavery of sin. And make no mistake about it, sin is exactly that, it's slavery. You know, you you hear some people's objection to, to, to... Christianity, and they use the word religion, you know, in a, in a derogatory sense, and I, oh, oh, you're really, you know, I, I don't want to be bound by rules and regulations, I want to be free, Heard people say that? Oh, I used to to be involved in church, but man, I couldn't handle that that guilt trip. I couldn't handle the rules and regulations. I want to be free. The irony is uh, that um, until and unless we receive Christ as our Savior, receive the redemption that He provided through His blood, we are bound uh, with uh, chains uh, that won't let us free. It's only through His uh, redeeming sacrifice on the cross, amen, that we're set free. says he brings the forgiveness of sins, literally the releasing of one's sins from him. In the Old Testament, one of the rituals that God had the Israelites do was the ritual of the scapegoat. And they had two lambs and one lamb was slain and the blood of that lamb was uh, sprinkled on the other lamb or the goat and it was released into the wilderness, symbolizing the the releasing of, From our sins that comes through the forgiveness that God gives, and look what it says here in verse nine, and this this fits in with what we what we've been saying about the kingdom. And He made known to us the mystery of His will. Have you heard that word mystery before? We talked about it two weeks ago the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. Remember we said in the sermon on the mystery of the kingdom that the mystery of the kingdom was a previously undisclosed truth that had now been disclosed, that had now been revealed. And so he says here, He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. We, we, we said that, that the, 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 the kingdom of God is future. The consummation, the fullness of it, the absolute uh, rule of, of, of Christ over uh, the earth will be manifest in the future. And so that's what Paul is talking about here, that mystery. So it will be consummated in the future. But as I said a few minutes ago, but we get the blessings of the kingdom now. Praise God. Uh, and, and, and so uh, it says, uh, in him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So uh, according to God's will, uh, redemption uh, is, is brought to us through the sacrifice of Christ and we Uh, We are his, we are freed from slavery. You talking about an identity. I love that song, Amazing Grace. I know you do too. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Listen, as Christians, we're not to dwell on the past and focus on all our mistakes and, and just, you know, dwell on it because we've been forgiven. But we need to never forget where he's brought us from. You know what I'm talking about? You need to remember. How many, how many can take a look back and say, he's, he's brought me from a long way. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he took my life, uh, the, the canvas of my life. I, boy, I made a mess of it. And he made something beautiful. Bill Gaither wrote a song about that. Uh, you know, something beautiful. All my confusion, he understood. He made something beautiful out of my life. That's what he does. That's what redemption does. It takes the messes that we make of our lives and it cleans us up. You talk about an identity. We've been redeemed by the Son. You know, there, there's nothing better than a good comeback story. You know, the public loves a good comeback story, whether it's in a movie, whether it's a sports figure. and You know, there are, there are, there are athletes who just have these horrific injuries. And, and the doctors say, you know, they'll, they'll never play again. There have been athletes, they're football players. You know the injury rate in, in professional football is 100%. If you play long enough, you're going to get hurt. You know? Uh, who wants to sign up? No. But, uh, but there have been athletes who have had quarterbacks who've had brutal, brutal broken bones and, and brutal injuries. And doctors say, you'll be lucky to walk, let alone play football. And what happens? They, 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 they are rehabilitated and they work and it might take a year, it might take two years and they're back out on the field. That's why most sports leagues have a, an award at the end of the year, Comeback Player of the Year. You know? And, and, and the world loves a comeback. You talk about a comeback. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. You talk about an identity. You've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no greater identity than that. There's no greater identity than realizing, hey, I am part of the redeemed. I am part of that number. Thank. God. Can we just take a moment and thank, thank the Lord for redemption? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're not what we once were. Lord, you've taken us. You've cleaned us up. Oh, Lord, uh, Lord, you've set us on a right path. Hallelujah. Lord, through your blood, you bought us back. From the bondage of sin, and you've set us free. Scripture says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we experience the freedom from sin of redemption now. But one day, when God's kingdom is fully manifest, our redemption will be complete. What does that mean, Pastor Tim? It means these old bodies won't get sick anymore. We won't have to worry about pandemics and, and uh, diseases and viruses and, you know, achy joints. Man, I, I, I can tell I'm getting older. I have aches in places I didn't even know I had places, you know. And, and some of you can maybe relate to that. We won't have any aches and pains. We won't, uh, our eyes won't grow dim. Uh, we, we won't uh, We won't walk with a limp anymore. We won't be subject to sickness. The redemption will be complete because we're going to have new bodies. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus' blood bought us. That's our destiny. That's our kingdom identity this morning. Hallelujah. What's uh, uh, the third place that our kingdom identity comes from? It comes from being sealed by the Spirit. From being sealed by the Spirit. In uh, verse 13... by the Holy Spirit. A seal is a mark of ownership. In antiquity, uh, official documents, the scrolls, would have the uh, king's seal uh, the, the, where, the, where the pages joined together. There would be wax dripped on that. And the king's signet ring would uh, make an impression in that wax. And that, uh, that marked it as an official document. That uh, sealed it as authentic. And as genuine, and the scripture says that it's the Holy Spirit who places us in the body of Christ. And Paul says here that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means our faith is genuine. It's authentic. We have been sealed uh, by the Holy Spirit. That means our future is secure. Well, pastor, Tim, how can we know? You know, how can we know that we'll be in, 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 in heaven with, with Jesus? How can we know that you know, all the things you're saying are true? Because he's given us the seal of his Holy Spirit. It's authentic. It makes it real. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. He places us... In uh, the body of Christ. He places us in the kingdom of God and he uh, marks us as being under the ownership of God. You know you you travel by businesses you see a sign in the store says under new management. And uh, how many know management makes a difference? You know uh, 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 you know New, new management will come into a business, they'll change all the policies, they'll change the, 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 the procedures, and employees sometimes groan, oh, we just got used to the way it was, you're under new management. But, but, but things are different when you're under new management. The day you and I received Christ, there was a spiritual sign that went uh, upon our souls, and it said this, it said, under new management hallelujah under divine management under the ownership of almighty god sealed by the nothing less than the spirit of almighty god hallelujah our faith is genuine it's real I know sometimes we have doubts. I know sometimes we look at the world around us, we look at things, and things don't go the way we think they should in our own lives. We, 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 we sometimes have doubts, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit marks your faith as genuine. You are sealed. You are under the ownership of Almighty God. Hallelujah. That's a kingdom identity this morning. And then there's another, a, a, another concept at work here. Marked Him with a seal of a promised Holy Spirit Listen to this, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. In other words, until the complete redemption. The Holy Spirit is a seal. He's also a deposit. The King James Version says an earnest. You know what an earnest is or a deposit? Uh, We we know what a deposit is. It's a promise of more to come. When you're going to have work done, often, if it's quite expensive, you have to put down a deposit to get the work started, right? Uh, When you buy a home, you have to put down earnest money or a deposit on the home uh, in order to proceed with the financing, proceed with the transaction. Paul says here that the Holy Spirit who has been given to us is a deposit of future things to come. It's a deposit that there's more to come. I heard a story about a uh, a wealthy man who called his faithful assistant into his office and said, I've put your name in my will and you will get $10,000 when I die. He said, but as it may be some time before you get that money, I want to make you happy by paying paying you each year the legal interest on that amount of money. So here's a check uh, of $600 as a starter. And so that clerk was doubly gratified. He got a little something now as a promise of more to come. And every year until, uh, that, uh, until his boss died, he received that $600 uh, interest check, that deposit, to uh, let him know that more was coming. And, and this is so exciting because uh, the deposit that the Holy Spirit is uh, tells us that more is coming. That, that as awesome as our life is on this earth, uh, when we walk with Jesus, when we are uh, you know, kids of the kingdom, when we are under his ownership, there's so much more that awaits us. And church, you know, we, don't, we don't always talk about heaven a lot. We don't always talk about the future a lot. But I'm telling you, there's coming a day I mentioned this a few weeks ago when Jesus Christ will split the eastern sky and the scripture says he will come back for all that are his. And Paul said in 1 Thessalonians uh, that we will uh, be caught up uh, along with those who have passed on. We'll be caught up with them to meet Christ in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, some people have the idea, well, we're just going to float on clouds and we're going to play harps. I'm not looking forward to that. Listen, if that's your idea of, of heaven being with God, uh, you are way off base. Okay? Think of the best aspects on your life, of your life here and now on this planet and, and, and think of them about a billion times better. And, 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 and that's how it's going to be. And there'll be, the scripture says in Revelation, there'll be no more crying, no more sorrow, As I said before, no more sickness. There'll be no more fear. Think of your biggest fear in this world. Think of your biggest fear. That'll be gone. Think of your greatest sorrow. Think of your greatest regret. Think of all those things. Think of your your greatest physical limitation. It'll all be gone. Because we'll be in eternity with him. We will receive the fullness. But in the meantime, we have a deposit. So the world can call us crazy. The world can say we're delusional. That's okay. Because you know what I've found? It really doesn't matter what the world says. God deliver us from being uh, slaves to the opinions of people. The word of God says that he sent us his Holy Spirit as a seal that marks us under his ownership and as a deposit that there's more to come. Hallelujah. Church, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. I know it's easy to look at the world. It's easy to look at the news. You know, sometimes I believe in being informed. Sometimes you just need to turn off the news. Turn off the news. Read, read, read some of this news right here. Read some good news. Hallelujah. You don't have to run it by factcheck.org, this book, Okay? I have to wonder, is it true? Every word is true from beginning to end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's your identity today? Your employment, your nationality, your history? We are chosen by God. We belong to Him. We have been uh, chosen by the Father. We are special to Him. He has a destiny for us. We have been redeemed by the Son. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Amen. He bought us back from the slavery of sin. And that's why we're no longer in bondage to our sinful past. We're no longer in bondage to the flesh. Yes, we fight it. Yes, we have to battle it. But we have the nature of Jesus Christ within us. Why? Because he's redeemed us uh, from the uh, slavery of sin. And our kingdom identity also comes from the fact that we've been sealed by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We belong to Him. Some of you are here, maybe watching online, you need to be, begin to think of yourself differently. I know it can seem trite to say, oh, I'm a king's kid, you know, or I belong to God. Listen, it's not trite, it's truth. It's 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 not just a feel good statement it's truth today It's truth today. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We've been chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit today. We're somebody today. Not because of what we've done. Not because of how smart we are, or clever we are, or intelligent we are, or how wealthy we are, or how uh, experienced we are, or how anything we are in ourselves. But it's because of what Almighty God has done for us. Hallelujah. That's our identity. That's who we are today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not proud in and of ourselves, but we can hold our heads high knowing we belong to Him. That's our identity.